there's a place for people to come home, like even like a little faster than 200. I'm not saying this because I come home fast, yeah. but I feel like whenever I feel like people are talking about the 200, I feel like they're working on their back half. Like, um, like I've never, I've never heard someone say, I've never heard someone say they went out 1015 and they're like, oh, I went up too slow. Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got the full crew, Dr. John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and Matt Fallon. What's up, Matt? Not much. How's it going with you guys? Man, it's going pretty good. And to be honest, uh, we've got some feedback from some of our listeners that we stopped doing this and they really enjoyed this. And since we're all doing it and it's Friday afternoon when we're recording this, I'm just going to say it. So, uh, John, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking a Friends IPA. It's a Bale Breaker Brewing Company in Sierra Nevada collaboration IPA with some fun, uh, I don't know, artwork on the front. All right. What do you think about it? It's good. I enjoy it. Got it at Costco. So I've had it a few times because can't beat those prices. There you go. All right, Luke, what are you drinking tonight? And as I get older, I feel heavier. So I decided to have a zero gravity unusual hazy IPA. So there we go. You know, I like my hazies. I'm not sure that helps you get any lighter, but I like the strategy. Um, I'm curious. Somebody let us know in the comments if you ever heard this before, but I heard somebody um, call a PBR before a PBR, and I can't stop thinking about it ever since I heard it because I laughed and I didn't had never heard somebody call a PBR a PBR. Uh, so I picked up some PBRs the other night and um, drinking a PBR. So there we go. The strap is so loose on me. I don't have the raccoon eyes after swimming when I'm finished. And look at me, I'm wearing them right now and I hardly know they're on. They last so long. I've had them on now. These are three years old. I've worn these a lot in sun and in chlorine and nothing's changed about them. And I'm so it's not fogged up. If I wore regular goggles that are three years old, this would be fogged up right now talking to you. So you can support Social Kick directly by picking up a pair of Magic 5 goggles using our affiliate link. Go to themagic5.com slash socialkick. Uh, but Matt, you got bigger things uh, to do than uh, partake. So uh, yeah. give us the update. Uh, what's uh, Well, actually, before we jump there, what, um, what, what are you drinking? Are you hydrating right now? Uh, I have my water. All right. Nice. Yeah. All right. and, is it, and is it laced with any electrolytes or just straight water? This is straight water fountain water. I appreciate that. Okay, um, I do have a couple of quick rapid-fire questions that we source from our audience. What is your go-to Wawa order? <laughs> uh, go-to Wawa order nowadays is uh, long, four-inch uh, bumpo chicken sandwich on a whole wheat with no salt, uh, banana peppers, lettuce, onions, and then two salads, romaine lettuce, uh, Parmesan cheese, chicken nuggets, uh, banana peppers, onions, and garlic aioli. <laughs> Man, uh, that is a lot yeah. more than I would have expected out of what I thought to be a gas station. Um, but I know yeah. that Wawa has a hell of a following. Wawa is everything. Wawa is everything. Yeah, Wawa. noted. Man, well, it's a hell of a competition between them and uh, Bucky's in Texas, right? That's the other big one. I'm from the QT region. Shout out to anybody who appreciates Quick Trip. Um, hey, Wawa in Texas? No, saying Bucky's there. Maybe right. they do, but I feel like everybody who right. um, Bucky's it's making its way east. But I I understood it to be a Texas thing. So, um, taking over the southeast. All right, next question: Where did the interest in learning Mandarin come from? Ooh, um, that I started learning Mandarin when I was like 
too, uh, just because I've been, uh, parents wanted me to learn a new language. So I was just sent to an immersion school near my house. But yeah, I've been learning Mandarin. I don't speak it much anymore, but I can still like, I can still understand really well. All right. Last, last quick one before we just have a regular chat. Being from New Jersey, are you a fan of pork rolls? And do you recall the best one that you've ever had and where it was from? First of all, it's Taylor Ham. <laughs> uh, and second of all, um, <laughs> that's a, I'm surprised you didn't mention the debate between pork roll and Taylor Ham. I mean, we're not New Jersians, so tell us. I'm native to you guys. But uh, yeah, best Taylor Ham I've had is probably, honestly, uh, there's a spot in uh right where i'm right where i'm from it's called O bagel they've got one right near where i swim uh get like an everything bagel taylor ham egg and cheese one of the best things you can get i also get that croissant sandwich which is really good but the bagels in new jersey are just it's not like anywhere else you've never had a bagel if you haven't had one from new jersey so i think we need to do a new segment on the road eating with matt fallon and we just, we just go, we get wawas and bagel shops and do it, man. In yeah. Chinese. In my Mandarin. In Chinese, of course. Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty rusty. So I don't know. But yeah, maybe. I like it. will be fun. I'll be down. <laughs> all right. Outside from eating all these great things, you just came <laughs> off a great world championships, getting bronze and the 200 breast. But tell us a little bit about what you've been up to since then. Um, well, I took a pretty big break for me after world champs, maybe like, um, I took like a week where I didn't do anything. And then over the, the next two weeks, I just kind of like got back into it like twice a week. But then ever since then, um, I've been training, I've been going pretty hard since then, took like two weeks to get back into it. But then after that, I mean, at 10, we've been doing a lot of long course. We've been doing long course five, five times a week. Um, well, Penn isn't technically long course. It's 55 yards. So it's five and a half inches longer than a long course pool. <laughs> Do you notice the difference? <laughs> uh, no, but it's kind of, you notice the difference if it's across like a thousand or a 1200 swim. Because um, you go like, you go a little bit slower. Like you'll go a few seconds slower over the course of like a thousand. Because I guess, I guess the lore behind it is some. The person who made it in the 60s thought yards was going to be the future um, or who designed it. So they did 55 yards instead of 50 meters. But, yeah. so Real smarties at Penn, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that edge, well. <laughs> Actually, Luke been... swam in the yards era. That's how old Luke is. He swam when there was 120-yard <laughs> freestyle. Whatever. <laughs> I, I, what is the thinking behind that? I, wasn't San Jose State Pool also like 49 meters? And the idea, and what, what's the thinking behind that overall? You just explained Penn's thinking. And is there, has there been an attempt to make it a little bit five and a half inches shorter so you could host a meet or no? Um, well, they used to have like, uh, actually, I don't know. I think they used to have like things that they could put in that are like five and a half inches to make it 50 meters. But next season, we're getting renovated. Like the entire pool is getting a huge renovation. Oh, wow. It's going to be made into a 50 meter pool. Oh, well done. Well done. So, so, well. so when you host IVs, you, you go swim the yard side and... Do we people don't mess up when they're doing warming up? Like, do visiting schools know this? And so when they're in the warm down pool, they messed up. Well, they said when we host Ivy Champs, like when we host yeah. dual meets, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We know we just swim yard side and then we have a yards and a short course meters side. Um, oh. Short course meters. Yeah. So we have a yard, short course meters, and long course. Um, 
And Shirker's meter side is just one up, one down. Uh, we split that across both teams. And then yard side is for the mate. Well, like I mentioned, you had a, a great Worlds, and it must be you hammering home that last 50 due to this weird pool distance training <laughs> that you've been doing at Penn and everything. Yeah. <laughs> it being longer really, really makes – it's really that much longer. Exactly. <laughs> you just have no yeah. clue of any interval possibly. <laughs> yeah. So with uh, Worlds, um, getting third in the 200 breast, hammering at home there, Talk us through maybe, you know, what you're feeling going into that race and, um, you know, the lead up to it. Uh, yeah, I was I was pretty confident going into it. I had gone, I think, like 7-9 the night before. I wasn't going um, – I wasn't killing myself. I was going pretty – I was going for it, but I knew I had a little more in the tank. Um, and I was also feeling good in the warm-up pool, like, right before my race, which is always good, um, like, in my, like, in those past few days. So that night – I didn't really have any expectations going into it. I didn't know because I don't know how fast people are going to go. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't really have any expectations. I just wanted to go in, swim my best race, and then just, I guess, be done. Um, so I kind of saw that I was in it at the 125. So I just kind of started to like hammer home a little bit, see what I could do. I did not realize Chin was going that fast. I did not know where he was because I couldn't see him because like, I guess Zach was like blocking me. Yeah. So I can only see him. I assumed he was probably like first or at the very least first or second. Right. So I'm like, okay, I think I'm in front of everyone else. I'll try and like keep up with him. Uh, but yeah, that was pretty. I when I saw the scoreboard after that, I was very surprised to see a two hundred five four. But yeah, in the race overall, I mean, it's been a struggle for me because I really like to warm up right before my race, like mm. up to like five minutes before my race. And at Worlds, you got to be in the ready room 20 minutes before you go off. And for finals, I think it was even – it wasn't meant to be longer, but I think they ended us ended up holding us for, like, a little bit longer. So I was trying to, like, get the blood moving in there a little bit. But even then, I still felt like – it's still kind of a process. Like, every race, I got a little better at it. Um, like, getting a little better, just, like, staying loose so that you don't feel tight when you get in the water. Um, I still felt like a little tightness the first 50, but I was able to kind of work a lot of that off on the second 50. And then I was able to bring something home the last, last hundred. You mentioned, um, getting the blood moving. And I, I mean, that's one of the tricky things about international meets. They just totally different process, but what, what did you do? Were you doing some jumping jacks in there? Uh, yeah, I was just kind of like moving my arms around stretching, um, I got like a, one of those bands so you can kind of like go like this with. And then just like, mm -hmm. I guess I like wrapped it around, uh, I'm trying to like wrap it around a chair and try and like pulling and rowing. So, uh, you, whenever I've been seeing you race, it, it literally as though you, you turn that switch. And, um, I wanted to ask you about this. You just mentioned that Wills is 125. You saw you were in, you were in it and you hammered down at that point. You made a point then at, at trials, you turned at the hundred and you just took off and you went, you went what 32 lower trials, I think in, in the final in that third 50 what is it that you you do or tell yourself i mean it's not like you're rested and and, and comfortable and breathing easy you've just went on a one or two what is it that you yeah. tell yourself to take yourself to that next level is, is it a word in your mind because you said because at worlds you see your race so you probably like okay let's go let's race but you're seven for trials at the wall mm -hmm. at the hundred what do you tell yourself to like boom oh. well um i don't really know how to do anything else so really, uh, I mean, obviously I'm trying to learn, I'm trying to learn how to like, especially at Worlds, I didn't really, 
I didn't really execute it well in finals, but I did it well in semifinals where I really try to like build the third 50, like build the last 50. Not like I'm still going to like kind of turn it on, but like just like turning it on like that. It, like it's something that I'm used to, but I feel like when I was in the warm up pool, I was going a little faster and I was just kind of like building very gradually. I don't get caught in my stroke, but um, yeah, it's just something I'm used to, honestly. Like I don't even. I used to have to be like, it used to be like the nerves. I used to be like, oh my gosh, I'm in last. I have to go now. It used to be like, it used to give me adrenaline, but now it's just like something that happens. Like, I don't really, I don't need to think about it anymore. And you're not afraid at all that you're burning too much gas too soon? Uh, that has also been a problem because now I have a, like a roughly second differential, like almost second and a yeah. half. I think it was just like a second and a half in between my third and fourth 50. Yeah, and that is something I am trying to fix. That's <laughs> I am I am like scared that I'm going to run out. But I mean, I know I, I'm confident in myself that I can like bring it home fine for last hundred, even if I taper off a little bit in the last twenty five. Like I know I have enough to bring it home, but um, if I like spread out uh, my energy across the hundred, I think I could probably do a little bit better. It's just like it's just learning to control the race, um, like yeah. control yourself during the race better. Did anybody before the meet see that coming out of Chin? He just had a crazy meet. I didn't. I didn't. I, I had no idea what he was going to do. Well, I saw him at 57 in the hundreds. I'm like, okay, he's going to go. I don't I, I knew he was going to, at the very least, well, in my mind, I'm like, okay, he's probably going to break 207 or something like that. Because he has 57 speed. He knows how to do a 200. He's going to be able to do that. When I saw 205.4, I was like, I was surprised, obviously, because. Um, like he only went 207 in semifinals, I mean, like 209 in prelims or something. Um, so I was pretty surprised, but honestly, it makes sense, sort of. Um, maybe he's an even better 200 swimmer than he is a 100 swimmer. I don't know, but yeah, that, that was a surprise to me, too. Yeah, he has some great 200s before World, so I think when he went that 57, everyone's like, man, this is this might be scary. I mean, yeah. Sergio Lopez, though, a couple of years ago told us that the 200 breasts for men has a lot of room to improve. And I think we, we're starting to see that um, yeah. with all these drops and so many world records in that event and so many people right around that that level. Yeah, just like seeing people go 205 and 206 pretty regularly. Um, I think like I think it's definitely possible for a lot of people to be in that area pretty soon. Um, like within the next five years, it's going to be like within, within like the next few years, 207 isn't really, I mean, it's already kind of happening. 207 isn't really going to cut it anymore. 207 anything. It's going to be all 206s. Maybe even at like the 2024 Olympics, it's going to be two. You might go 206 and not metal. What do you think the, the 200 breast version is of PD's 56? If you've been listening to Social Kick for a while, you know that we haven't been doing ad reads on this show. But as we've grown, we want to create more Social Kick content, and we want to do so by partnering with the right brands that we actually believe make good products. Well, we found one with the Magic 5. We love this product, and we're happy to partner with the Magic 5. Go to themagic5.com slash socialkick. I don't know. <laughs> like maybe uh i think the tuna breast can go very low just because uh, just because i always imagine myself someone or imagine like someone who has like 
Because if someone can train distance, but they're also like way bigger and stronger than me, and they can like get that 200 down, somebody could probably go like 203. I think Petey should be able to go like 203 or something. Because if he goes out, he goes like 56 in the 100. If he goes out, this is just me like speculating. He could probably go out like 59 going easy. But like 59 low, all I'd have to do is come on 104 high, which is probably pretty easy for him. For someone who can go out 59 low going easy. Assuming someone... Assuming someone can go can go like fifty seven low, fifty six, and has like a good bit of endurance. Where do you think the hundred can go, or do you think we're we're pretty much there? I have no idea. I don't know nothing about the hundred. <laughs> whenever whenever I do the hundred, I just pretend I'm doing the last hundred of my two hundred. <laughs> I don't. I have. I have. That's a question for like Nick Fink or like yeah. someone who is way better than me at the hundred. <laughs> Dude, just a side, just a side note. Did your knowledge of Mandarin pay off in the ready room or on the podium at all? Did you have any words with Chin? Uh, I said congratulations to him in Chinese. Nice, nice. Miss respect that. Yeah. Okay. That was I it. Yeah. That. yeah. Uh, well, I didn't really talk to him that much, but uh, yeah. I mean, he mainly spoke English. So, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. So, how do you say congratulations in Chinese? Uh, means like uh, congratulations to you. Okay. Yeah. yeah got it. Oh, what, sorry. What, John. If you, talk to us about your 200 breaststroke. How did you fall in love? How did you get really good at 200 breaststroke? T- take us back. Um, because I know you use some 400 free back in the day. 200 yeah. Talk, to, to talk yeah. about your 200 breaststroke career. Uh, your origin story. Yeah. Cool. Way back in the day. I used to be, I used to be like a long course mile, the long course two fly, the long course 800, the long course 400, the long course four I am. Back when I was like 11, 12. But then I don't really know what happened. I guess um, I used to be, I used to be a lot better at fly. I still retain some of my fly, but then um, I don't know. I guess part of it, part of it definitely was when I was like starting to be like 11 or 12. Um, I was still pretty, I was training breaststroke. But in fly, I used to like win all the, I used to like place pretty high, like all the JOs and stuff like that. But then when, um, when Dare started beating me and everything, I'm like, all right, I need to start expanding my repertoire. <laughs> so I guess I like tried, I had always done breaststroke. I'd always breaststroke before it was my best stroke. It always been my second best stroke. Um, fly used to be my best stroke by a lot. Um, I'm not very good at it anymore. <laughs> I think my yeah so i don't really do fly anymore but uh yeah once i was like 11 i when when i was 12 i dropped like 20 seconds in my long course two breast dang because i yeah and then i'm like all right because I, I don't know what happened i guess i just trained a lot of breaststroke that summer and then after that uh i was just like i'm gonna do the two breasts from now on you um, mentioned dare and there's Tons of, especially on the men's side, New Jersey swimmers on the world scene. You have yeah. you know, Destin and Jack Alexia, I believe, and even some Nick. other ones. But I think those are the main ones that are with you. I think Luke's about to say Nick Fink, but I know he's, he's a little older. I mean, how yeah. well did you know these guys and, and what's in the water in New Jersey? Um, well, okay. It's Wawa, uh, not water. Wawa. Sorry. <laughs> we know what's in Wawa. He explained like the full menu earlier. Did you miss it? <laughs> yeah um basically uh i'd already known i'd known jack very well uh, i know dare um i 
I've talked to Dustin before, but him and I roomed at World, so him and I became much better friends. I had trained with Nick uh, over the summer before that, like of leading up, because I was in Athens, my friend, um, and I was training in Athens, and Nick was just training there over the summer. And I believe that was the first time I met Henry was at Nationals. Um, yeah, I don't think I'd met him before that. Um, so I had known a good bit of them going into the meet, and it was just nice to have them all there. I mean, just to go with the go with them to zone meets, just to see how far we've all come, is pretty cool. It's a big trip. And David Curtis is from there as well. Did you swim against David at all in your younger stuff, or who's above you? Um, I swam against him a lot at Y Nats. Yeah, um, he was right. usually in the middle. I think he was in the middle Atlantic zone when we were doing zones. Um, but yeah, I'd seen him before. I'd seen him at Y Nat meets, all that. Yeah, I'd known David Curtis as well. Yeah. And 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 your reason for Penn, I mean, besides, you know, your education, the Wharton School, mm -hmm. you know, great college and good program for swimming. What was the reason there? Is it more that local? Was it more? Uh, well, yeah, it is local. Um, yeah. That wasn't technically the reason, but it being local is just a plus. Um, yeah. I really like Mike, the coach. Um, yeah. I feel like him and I share a lot of the same views on swimming. Um, like... Even like at the beginning when I was talking to him, we just like instantly hit it off. Um, and yeah, I just, I just would just talk to him. Even on the recruiting calls, I was talking about swimming for like a long time. Um, so I didn't know I was going to go to Penn, but I knew it was, it had always been in my top few. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would always, and yeah, I think it was, I think I made the best decision I could have made coming to Penn. Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hey, just while we're talking about on the Jersey thing, why are there really not any good pools in the Northeast for hosting meets? Why are there never any meets in the Northeast? Uh, well, because they're Princeton, 55 yards. Did you miss that? <laughs> yeah, 55 and a half inches. <laughs> well, this one's no, the 55 yard one's in Philly. Um, Even well, worse. Berkeley Aquatic Club. As Berkeley Aquatic Club has a, uh, has a long course pool that's really nice, but they barely host any. They host meets with like maybe like two teams. Uh, Princeton doesn't. The only meet, the only place that you could probably host a meet is um, probably like Rutgers, and even Rutgers is like it just has a long course pool and then like two 15 meter warm down pools. Um, but other than that, like in that area, there's really nowhere, there's barely any long course pools even, let alone anywhere to host a meet. So I'd love to see like a pro series or something pop up at like Rutgers, but I don't think yeah. that's ever gonna ha happen. Okay. I remember swimming Yale and Yale has their old pool and it felt like two of you enter and one leave. You know, it's the stands all around you. It's high off the yeah. ground. It's deep. It's, yeah, it's like it's, a, it's the Coliseum. Coliseum was swimming. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and like, like what's the, going on? And the year, yeah, and like the hundred year old pool at the bottom of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right about it. That's where you train. Um, Matt, you, you mentioned that you and, and your coach um share the same views in swimming. Explain that. Like what what's what's your views of swimming? How uh well, just like just like how to train a lot of our mm -hmm. like a lot of our training uh views align pretty well um like i had always talked to people about like what my kind of like ideal practice is and it varies from like day to day like you know sometimes you're tired you want a sprint but uh we like to do we like to do a lot of distance sets like a lot of a lot of distance free for aerobic uh, i don't want to get into it too much but essentially it's very very distance oriented uh, mm. a lot of, a lot of swimming, a lot of brushstroke or a lot of whatever stroke you need to get better at. 
but also yeah. uh, free, like just distant sets in general are just good for getting your aerobic base up. And I've always been a pretty aerobic swimmer. Like I can't really, I feel like swimming aerobically even helps with my stroke too when I get tired. Um, mm-hmm. Just doing aerobic sets in general is just helps me in general. Mm-hmm. Come on, we got to deep dive this further. Come on. I know you said maybe not into it, but we love talking about this stuff. And a lot of, you know, with how how well you close races and things like that, I think a lot of people are kind of curious what type of sets you are doing or what type of volume is that and and how much is maybe breaststroke, how much is freestyle, especially with breaststrokers. Everyone's always curious. You know, you guys are always the the misfits, them and the distance swimmers, right? So it's like, okay. How much are they doing? Are they just doing, you know, all the retro kick with a board for like 15 yeah. minutes or what's it looking like? Yeah. Um, I actually used to be pretty bad at retro kick with a board in the, like the past six months. I've gotten a lot better at it. Um, but, um, I kind of want to, cause I don't want to, I don't want to reveal too many sets cause there are some pretty big sure. sets out there. I mean, when I was in a, this isn't much of a pen thing, but, um, I guess, to build just like two breast race strategy. Uh, when I was training at Athens, we do like uh, broken 200 where it's just like 450s on 45 with a fast suit off the blocks. I know it's pretty basic, but like I, it really feels like a 200. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why, but uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do. Um, a lot of the sets at Penn, I wouldn't say they're my favorite sets because a lot of them are very hard. Um, I think... I mean, I mentioned this on the Swim Champ podcast like a long time ago, but uh, really one of my main core sets was when I was younger, um, I think the first time I completed the set was when I was like, I want to say 15 or 16. No, it was probably 15. was uh, 40-50s breaths on 40, short yards. And then we just, I've just been building down the interval from there. It's really just to like see how far you can take your breaststroke, how far you can take your breaststroke kick. Mm-hmm. Um, my freshman year at Penn, I built up, I built up to 40, 50s on 35. Um, and then we've always just been doing variations of stuff like that. Just like brush up on fast intervals, like short course, short course meters. We'll do, we'll do like sets of fifties on 35 and 40, just like see if you can hold, um, like, uh, like sets of, and then more recently, uh, doing like a bunch of 50s, not like a bunch, but like a good amount of 50s on 35, getting more than five seconds rest. Um, and it's really just like, that's kind of the base where we build our sets off of. Um, just like a lot of 50s breast on 40 and 35. I'd say that's like a good deal. That's like a good chunk of what my breast mm-hmm. sets are. You know, when, as Brian said, we used to separate the breaststrokers and, and the milers from the rest of us. And I remember as a mid-D, so a 200 freestyler, we do sets like 31s and 140 heart rates, right? Um, and the breaststrokers would not do that. They were going to do 30, 50s off the dive on, on 115. And, oh, we did the lactic sets. We did six ones on, on whatever, was it, 230 or what have you. And the breaststrokers would do 75s or 50s. And even the 200 breaststrokers. And so it got in my mindset, like, wait, maybe breaststrokers just can't put in the distance that 200 freestylers can, you know? And that's, I, I, I'm not saying that's correct. That got my mindset as, as an ignorant freestyler. I mean, is that true? Could, uh, why, why can't 200 breaststrokers swim the same mileage as a 200 freestyler, or should they not? Well, it's a lot harder. <laughs> um, it's definitely a lot harder to do, even than, like, putting in distance fly and distance back. Right. 
I mean, I've been, I mean, I guess my knees are pretty good at like keeping themselves in place to be able to right. do 3,000 breaststroke in a row. Um, but I mean, it just because I've been doing it since I was, I've just been, I'm just so used to it. I've just been doing it since I was so young. I mean, I've been doing ladders, I've been doing like 2,500 yard long ladders since I was like 14 in breaststroke. I wouldn't go very fast. Uh, and a lot of these, and a lot of these distance breaststroke sets, you got to keep in mind, I'm not going very fast at all, but I'm, it's just for some of the breaststroke days, it's not about how fast you can go. It's about how long you can go. And I feel like that's the sentiment with distance freestyle too. Yeah. And the 200 breaststroke is a lot longer than the 200 free. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you have to train for that extra distance. And recently I've been getting into like, okay, cause I used to go out. I used to go out really slow and then just like kind of like even split my two breasts almost. And recently I've been seeing that like, it's, I'm going to get like a lot more out of like, just maybe even getting the front half of my race a little bit better. Like I've been doing a lot of, um, recently I've been doing like a lot of takeout hundreds from the blocks, long floors, just like trying to get the feel for the first hundred. Cause I know that a lot of my improvement in the two breasts now, obviously I'm going to come home fast as always. That's kind of my thing. Uh, yeah. But being able to somewhat keep up with people in the first hundred would be nice to be able to take it out like 102 low, 101 high. That's kind of what I'm shooting for there. Um, and then just come home. And then whatever I come home is whatever I come home. How are you doing that? I mean, I see it. I see a tempo change. Uh, you know, I, I see a power change. I see you're holding more water and you're picking it. But how, how are you doing it technically? You're saying go and what are you working on? What are you focusing on? Um... Uh, is it a secret slight secret but i don't know just like working on i guess just working on sprint stuff really like sprint sets yeah. like no like in the race itself in the race itself yeah what um, are you telling yeah, yourself i want to work on i want to work on uh i need to focus on my start and first pull out that is where a lot of people get me i think at worlds i was a little better but my pull out has like my dolphin kick will never be as good as a lot of the other people, but I think yeah. there are other aspects of my pullout that I can like use and maybe improve my dolphin kick a little bit. I'll never have like a maximum Q pullout, but I think my pullout has like, I think I've been able, and I've been able to do this even like really recently, um, like improve my pullout like really well in a short amount of time. And I mean, this isn't as much for long course, but there's still four pullouts long course. And I can, if I can get like, if I can get even a little bit more, then that would be huge. Um, so just pull out. It's really focusing on just like, I guess the main thing with the first 102 breaths is easy speed. Um, yeah. That's what I try and focus on the most, just getting that easy speed. Um, I don't want to go out too slow. Um, obviously, I don't want to go out 103, but yeah. I don't want to be dead at the 100, ideally. So it's just finding, it's finding a really good balance to where you feel powerful in the first 100 and you feel like you're doing something but not to the point where you're like, can't breathe the hundred. Well, now that we're getting in the technical elements of breaststroke, we know breaststrokers all have different technique. And we had one guest question ask, why do you cock your head like an emperor penguin when you swim breaststroke? <laughs> so let's deep dive the specific technique of that. Um, um, why do I cock my head back? Um, I don't well, know. specifically, I like an emperor penguin. Yeah, yeah, that's a crucial point. Like an emperor right? penguin. Uh, yeah, I never thought about it like that before. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess, well, I, 
I cock my head back just because, like, um, I guess slamming your head down on breaststroke makes for, like, a better streamline. Um, and I've always worked on being able to come up really high in breaststroke. Um, and, like, for that, I just do, like, I guess just, like, stretching my lower back as much as possible. And uh, one of the things, the first breaststroke stretch I learned was in gym class in, like, fifth grade, the Cobra stretch. We all, I feel like we all did that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, I guess I've just, I doing, I had done that a lot, I guess. Um, and I guess my lower back has just been like, cause we do the Cobra stretch every gym class. Like we'd stretch yeah. every gym class. So, uh, we do the Cobra stretch every time and eventually I just got really good at it. And then I guess when you do it, you like put your head back a little bit. So I guess like a little bit of that transfer. <laughs> so are you, are you, the, <laughs> are you the limbo champion of the world then? No, just because, uh, that's the only spot where I'm really flexible there. If I were to like try and get down like that, I'd probably fall down. (laughs) (laughs) How do you balance that such increase? We spoke to Hunter Armstrong and he's talking about when he's doing his 50, how he's so afraid to increase his tempo and then slip on it. Right. And, and that's a big thing for him. How are you picking up your tempo um, and your height and your, and, and your stroke rate? and maintaining that power and catch. What are you doing in that third 50 or that even the last 50 to maintain that you're not rushing it? Um, well, to be honest, sometimes I, I slip a lot more than most people think. Like when I'm <laughs> like, there are a lot of two breasts where I just completely slipped the last 25. Like at nationals, I felt like I completely slipped in my stroke. And that's something I'm working on actively. But mm-hmm. I'd say, um, I mean, you, mostly you slip because you get tired or because you yeah. take a race out too fast. Um, but I'd say, I mean, truthfully, the only thing I think about on the third 50 is, I mean, obviously I increased my stroke rate, but truthfully, it's just like, I guess just trying to pull more water. That makes any sense. Like I just try to pull more water, just like use my arms more. That's That's really, honestly, yeah, honestly, maybe like a better streamline, but there's probably like a lot of more technical things that I guess I'm just kind of doing subconsciously in the third 50, but really the only thing I'm at, one of the, like the main thing I'm actively thinking about is just trying to catch water. I'm trying to catch as much water as I can on that third 50. Yeah. 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 Is that with your feet that you're focusing in on or with my, arms, with okay. my arms, my, my feet, I'm going to be honest. I'm working on that too. My feet, a lot of time I just go autopilot on my kick. <laughs> um, I've always been like an arm centered 200 person. I've had strong legs, but I'm also trying to work on like not going autopilot on my kick, trying to like maintain a better line. But Matt, what do you do on the weekends? What's, what's, what's the personal side? We're talking a lot about aquatic Matt. Yeah. Um, well, usually a pretty hard week. So I usually sleep a lot on Saturday. <laughs> um, I don't know, go to sleep a lot on Sunday too. I do a lot of work over the weekends. What kind um, of work? Homework, projects, group projects. Um, You're sitting yeah. in a gaming chair. Oh, yeah. Um, I game sometimes. I got an Xbox right here. Um, I don't have a lot of time for it uh, during the year, though. Sometimes on weekends, if I have time, I will, but. Uh, a lot of the times during the year, I'm using this the TV I have right in front of me right here um, as like a second monitor or something um, to do work with. Um, I'm taking my classes a lot more lightly this year, but even then, I've got a lot of work. What, what are you studying? Uh, 
Yeah, thank you. Uh, I have a dual degree in finance, computer science, and then minor math. Yeah, what do you want to do? Fintech. Yeah, fintech. Yeah, I got to put money, man. You got to come to Silicon Valley. Yeah. Yeah. That's easy. Well, and, and, and how much of non-swimming friends, how many non-swimming friends do you have in conversations and stuff? Like, are you, are you, do you have roommates where you are? Are they the swim team or like, what's uh, your Yeah, no, everyone, everyone in this house is on the swim team. Um, Great, yeah. Yeah, we have a, yeah, we have a house here. Um, yeah, everyone I live with uh, is on the swim team. Um, and I know people outside of the swim team, but really my core friend group is just everyone who's on the team. And it's been like that since I've been here. And, 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 and what keeps you all grounded? You took some time after you got your Worlds. You came back on campus. You're the, you're the first Penn swimmer to get a World Championship medal. You, you came back with that, and you have an Olympic year coming up, and you got your studies. What keeps you grounded? Who, who's, that, who's that village? Um, really, you know, the people I live with. Uh, yeah. Really, yeah. I mean, Penn Swim Dive is a, more of a family than a team. Um, I feel like we're a very close-knit group of people. And everything we do together, um, really, it's really just everyone getting routed, practice, yeah. you know, um, racing each other, um, just having fun mainly, though. And training. Training is a very big part of our culture, training hard. So, uh, yeah, really, it's just like, obviously, some of the things I do are different, but um, it's really just being another member of the team, which keeps me grounded, just doing not really doing exactly what everyone else is doing, but just staying on that same schedule, going to practice, putting the work in. And yeah. I've got a whole team around. I've got a whole team around me doing it. So. Matt, I have two questions for you. The first on, on pen and kind of your role there. But um, I mean, we don't need to get into like all the background and everything as to why, but obviously like there's been just pen in the news uh, a lot in the last couple of years. And it can, I'm sure that can be, draining in some ways on the team yeah. so, like do you feel like do you feel like the team's kind of moved past and it feels like there's a new chapter at this point and do you, like is there a sense of relief to have kind of had the the circus uh, wave kind of be done yeah yeah we already have in a lot of ways um i feel like yeah we just kind of we're just focused on just swimming fast really yeah. um this year i mean we kind of moved past that after that all happened um that kind of had its whole thing come with it. But to be honest on this team, it was really self-contained in that year. Um, and then after that, we just kind of went back to the way things were. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. I'm sure that, I'm sure that's a lot, um, mm -hmm. you know, to just stay focused and stay, you know, connected as a team and as a family, as you point out. And mm -hmm. then the other thing I was going to ask just related to Penn and the team that you have there is like, I mean, you know, just to, to be straight about it, there's, there's been some standout swimmers from some schools that like don't have a full squad of world championship medalists. And so I'm curious, like how you see your role on the team and the way that the rest of the team kind of soaks in what they can from you and your success. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure like you must be a leader on the team in whatever capacity in the way you mm -hmm. show up by, by your accolades and your accomplishments. So, um, you know, what impact do you think that has on the team and how also, how, how does it impact the way that you show up for your teammates? Yeah. Um, I try to show up as much as possible. Obviously I may not be doing the same thing as them all the time. Um, but honestly, I just try 
Um, I just try and put my best foot forward every practice, even if I'm having, I mean, everyone has them. We all have terrible practices. I'll have my fair share of terrible practices. We all do. But um, even during those, I just try and put my best foot forward all the time. Um, and it's just mainly just like trying to get everyone going. I mean, there are a lot, there are more routed people on the team than me that like really hype everyone up and getting everyone going. Um, and the team captains do a really great job of leading everyone. But I'd say as a leadership position, I just say it's just like, I guess with everything I've done, I just hope it inspires people. Just kind of like with the way I haven't like even improved since I've even gotten here. Um, I mean, I think I've made great improvements at Penn since I've gotten here um, in just swimming in general. And I feel like just carrying, um, I don't want to say carrying the team with me, but just the entire team carrying each other together. Um, it just really helps us work harder. I, I swam at McGill and, you know, McGill is like an Ivy League level. It's not maybe a middle Ivy League level team. Um, and we've had a handful of Olympians in our, in our history. But when I swam there after Atlanta Olympic bronze medalist came in and trained with us for two years and just swimming with her and swimming next to her and, and her connections and her wisdom and, and, um, and, and just being next to her lifted me personally to believe that you know, look where I am. I have a pool. I have the same thing she's dealing with, and she is winning medals at Worlds and Olympics. And then it, it lifted the whole team. That the whole team got going, and um, and you know, became our highest placing in nationals ever. It really lift one person made a big difference. At one person, the right attitude who had been there. So I I, I hear what you're saying. It resonates. Have, have, how is the Penn team doing for NCs? You, what's what's your plan for the Olympic year? How you're focusing on your NC season and your team, and then of course you've got trials at Lucas Oil. Yeah, um, we're focusing a lot of long course this year. Um, I already have my cuts. We definitely want to get a few people on the team some cuts, some Olympic trial cuts. Um, NCs. We're also trying to send people to NCs. Um, we've got a few people on the cusp, um, kind of like right around that area. So um, it's really just like a drive to just push them over the goal line because yeah. uh, Ivy's, Ivy's is our big meet. Um, it's really just to push them over the goal line yeah. uh, to like drop that one second and that 200, that two seconds, and that 200 to get that, to get that Olympic trial cut to make NCAAs. Um, so really, I mean, we're all kind of in the same mindset where it's like, you need to lock in and it's something you really look forward to um, your entire life. And now yep. you need to train for it. I feel like we all have the same mindset in that sense. It's just training for different things. Matt, so you're uh, in Athens. Uh, spent some time there. I'm just curious, like, what what's your plan for training environment going forward? What's life after Penn look like? Um, well, I'm going to be honest for uh, – this could be a problem. Right before Olympic trials, I don't know yet. Um, so I – uh, I don't really know where I'm going to be training. I think I will, I actually don't know yet. So, um, but for now, for the foreseeable future, I'm staying at Penn. Um, my senior year, I'll be staying at Penn. Um, and then after Penn, I don't know yet. I've kind of, I kind of cross those bridges when I get there. Uh, uh, you, uh, making decisions based on a number of things based on what you just said it sounds like including perhaps what you think needs to be done to have the bets 
you on deck at Paris, hopefully. You know, what, 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 uh, have you thought like that? Have you thought about some of the things I just need to do differently, maybe, that I've learned from my experience now at a couple of worlds that you want to implement now, be it the environment, the pool, the, the, the workout, the coaching, or have you still trying to figure that out? Um, well, mainly for me, the style I am is if the training's there, I'll be there. Um, if I have, like, a good aerobic base down, if I'm race ready, I'll be able to race whenever I need to. But, I mean, this year... Um, I learned a lot from Worlds, uh, but I might try to model my training a little bit around, like, uh, or model my new race strategies around, like, okay, I need to spend 20 minutes in a waiting room. How am I going to account for that? Um, or just, like, being, working on getting more race ready before meets, like, doing more, doing more sprint stuff than right up to the meet. Because I'm not someone who goes to, like, a lot of pro series or a lot of, or a lot of, like, tune-up meets or for the meet. So I've kind of learned that if I want to swim fast, I need to tune up um, on my own, which I'm fine with. Um, I've done it my whole life. But um, being able to just, um, yeah, being able to just like get that sort of have that sprint side come out, um, like not even before, like not even during taper, but just like um, having it in mind while you're training that like I'm eventually going to need to race this event. Um and it's not like a, it's not like an open water breaststroke swim. It's a, it's a only a 200 breaths. So I need to be able to like have everything on point. Um, and it's just keeping that in mind. That's interesting you say that because you seem like somebody who just race and, and thrive to race. So you don't have plans to do World Cup circuit. You don't need, you don't need that stuff. You, you have that stuff here. You don't need yeah. to be exposed to swim against Zach a couple more times. I know you don't need that stuff. You just need you. Is that right? Yeah. Um, obviously I love, it's not like, I don't like racing these people. I of love course. racing these people. Of course. Yeah. It's just, uh, um, me too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, my next long course meet is going to be us open in December. Right. Um, after that, maybe a couple of tune up meets spring 2024, um, here or there. But other than that, I'm not really planning. I don't really, and I never, I don't know, maybe eventually when I'm older, but, uh, all the, like the world cup circuits, stuff like that. Um, I just, I'm the, I'm the type of person who is good with staying home and training and putting in a lot of good work. My wife was at a world juniors in, um, in Israel. And there was some discussion about, like you said, the ready room and being there 15, 20 minutes ahead of time and how a lot of these kids have never experienced that. And how maybe in the U.S. they should practice or, you know, prepare kids a little more. And obviously it's a very small percentage that are going to get to the level that you're at. But like you said, you're kind of having to adjust, having to learn. I was definitely a warm up right to the pool, right to the you know race type yeah. of guy as well. Do you think the U.S. could prepare their young athletes better this way? Maybe at juniors? Like, I don't think it has to be every meet, but at, at juniors and things? Um, I feel like it wouldn't be a bad idea. Just because, um, just because they'd eventually be like, it people like they'd be forced to train that way right beforehand. You know what I mean? Like um, from an early age, they'd have to focus on. All right, what am I going to do in the twenty minutes in the ready room? Um, like they'd be forced to be thinking about that when they're like fifteen, rather than when they're at their first worlds. Um, and so they'd already have it down by the time they get to their first worlds, and they can even improve on that later on. So I don't know. It's an interesting idea, but. Yeah. You I see, 
Yeah, I don't know if I'm the top like opinion on this. <laughs> you see, the U.S. can learn from Trinidad, Matt. I'm from Trinidad and Tobago, and in age group swimming, they have this big white tent with like six rows of chairs, and so the the next six heats have to be lined up and wait, and it takes you're there for like an hour. It feels like in this chair ready room because they so want to make sure meet runs and the kids are there, right? But hey, I'm teasing. Are they writing on your arms and giving you uh, yeah. cards and all that? No, we remember, people. We remember. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why we got rid of that. That seems like a pretty cool thing to write on your arm. I mean, people do it yeah. permanently now, so why not? I think, Matt, you do that. At, at Paris, you do that, okay? Uh, final, F, and four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then the, Honestly, and then the I should. Thing. I think that'd be funny. <laughs> that'd be funny. F and four. Boom. Yeah, and then after you fill in your results, too. So you get like a yeah. gold medal, like gold Sharpie. And you pull it out. <laughs> and you the people would write on their backs, eat my bubbles. Uh, <laughs> like the summer meets. Yeah, I'll do that, too. All right. Well, if you wrote on your back, what would you write? Honestly, just to go with the theme, I guess the at my summer meets, it used to be all the people would write as like kind of a, I don't know, so it was a clip or something, just eat my bubbles and enjoy like a bunch of bubbles. Um, <laughs> just to like, I don't know, just as like kind of a race thing. So um, I thought you were going to write um, hashtag the last 50. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, the third 50. My last 50 is kind of, uh, yeah. My last yeah, just, my just wait for it yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's coming yeah yeah something, something something taunting like don't forget about me well they wouldn't be able to read it because i'd be behind them that's true yeah that's true well they can read it they can read it in the ready room on the way out or something you know rowdy yeah, needs that yeah. yeah yeah oh I, you know this is kind of random but i'm thinking about i was thinking about this the other day about um the way uh oh we talked to a recent guest about this around uh, the comparison with track but i'm just curious like you spent a lot of time at like trials and lane four and um in center lanes but if you got to pick your lane and breaststroke uh the way that like track uh, runners get to pick which lane they want based on where they finish they the yeah so like if you're the top qualifier for the final you get first selection for which lane you want so what yeah what lane would you pick uh depends on the pool uh if there's a because there i know i've signed a lot of pools but there's like a draft in the end lanes yeah um so if it's like that i'd have to analyze the pool but i don't know um kind of weird i guess i just like um when i was younger my lucky lane used to be lane two um i've had a lot of good races in lane two um but i don't know i guess i'd say it depends, but if I were to pick, I'm just so used to like the middle few. So I'm like three, four, or five, I guess. Okay, I have a follow up question on the like the draft or the current lane too, because shout out to 2011 Worlds where there was a current in the pool. Um, you kept seeing medals yeah. out of lanes. What was it, six, seven, and eight guys? Yep. Um, yeah. For the so, 50. Yeah, in the 50, right? And then um, like noticeably different splits going each direction in distance <laughs> events. I'm curious, Matt, like if you had to choose between um your last your last 50 swimming into the current versus with the current which would you choose does everyone have to do the everyone with me well no they're like i guess if you're in one of those lanes then assume that maybe there's a circular current or the middle lanes don't have a current i don't know um 
And is it? I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it to help me on the last fifty because I'm already dying. I'm. I'm. I can't. I like can't feel my forearms at the one seventy five. So be pretty. It feel pretty nice to have a current on like that last stretch. Do 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 you like walls? Or, or do you wish that you could just keep swimming? Like, so are you? Do you prefer? <laughs> but you know I I'm love saying? lamp. I love walls. <laughs> no, but you just told about the one seventy-five, and your arm is hurting you. And do you wish that you had a oh, breather for like three seconds to rest your arms here? You know, like or, um, or you someone who you like the momentum. You like to keep going. You don't like to slow down. You want to keep the rhythm. I'd be, I'd be a lot, I'd be a lot better um, compared to if there were no walls. I feel like. That would right. be way really good for me. Two hundred three. But uh, I but at the same time, I really like walls because I get a rest. Um, so it's kind of half and half. I'd say for performance wise, I'd love to have. I'd love to just swim a straight three hundred rest against everyone. Um, that'd be like my dream. Um, just a single pull out and then you're swimming. So, like that would be really nice, but um, it would also really hurt. So in terms of feeling, I'd say walls are pretty fun. Like short course tube rest doesn't hurt as much as long course tube rest. And you it doesn't that? feel as hard. That was a good question, guys. And who told us that they wanted a 300 breaststroke? That was the ideal race. Somebody told us they wanted a 300 breaststroke. Anyway, I can't imagine. If it were my, if if my choice, I would. my ideal race would be like a, a 1650 short course yard breaststroke. <laughs> Matt, I feel like I, Matt, I just... Oh, no. I, re- I want you to know that I respect breaststrokers. I really do. But why does anybody choose that life? <laughs> There's so many ways to go this faster. Is, this is this is the, the life I for. Yeah, I feel like that'd be interesting. Six feet, you know, sixteen fifty would, breast. You wouldn't want to watch a sixteen fifty breast. No. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it'd just be an interesting thing to see. I'd watch it. I'd watch uh, butterfly because they'd be dying like crazy, like Eric the Eel. But I wouldn't watch a breaststroke. Yeah. Well, they'd be dying in breaststroke too. They would be. But... Man, get your popcorn ready, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right, sixteen fifty breaststroke. Your last pull out. Where do you pop up? I'm not doing a pull out. <laughs> I'm, popping would you... the, I'm popping up at the close flags. <laughs> what would you hold? Would you hold one oh fours in yards? Yeah. Am I like shaved and tapered and stuff? Yeah, you're ready to go. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Most I'm trying to like think of. Life. I'm trying to. I'm trying to like think of what I would hold yeah. for like what I would hold for like 40s, 50s if I were like shaved and tapered yeah. and stuff like that. I feel like I died pretty hard, but I don't know. I think uh, just based off what I've done before, first 500 <laughs> would be definitely under five. I don't know yeah. what the rest of them would be. 500 breaststroke yeah. under five and then go 520, 540. Keep it yeah, all on the like that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Something like that. Uh, I mean, I, hey, I, look. Can't, I can't really say much else with the uh, utmost certainty. <laughs> hey, listen, you arrange it. I'll watch it. I'll be there. I promise. Oh, I won't be there. I'll, maybe I'll watch virtually, but um, what, I don't need more things. Needs. You gotta yeah, might, yeah. Need a, might need a might need an ambulance outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel like we need to arrange like betting on each fifty <laughs> in the splits, and then we need to arrange uh, some sort of elimination systems that's based yeah. on like. Uh, what about a what about a skins mild breast? Oh yeah, exactly. 
What does that mean? Is that a 500 three yeah, times? Yeah, it's just, no, like a, like a 1650 50. three times. Okay. 1650. Or, or if the person who's last to the wall every 100 gets out until you have the last two for the last last 1500. That's, that so makes it exciting. That would be pretty cool. Like a salmon like, run. Yeah. yeah. You see? When, when I was, you know when I, you go ahead. The only thing I was thinking when I was watching ISO is why is there no skins for the 200s? Why is there no skins before I am? Yeah. Exactly. Maybe it's like, um, that'd be pretty time. fun to watch. It takes too long. Yeah, it's, I don't it's know. It has to be, but I agree. Like, do that and lose the mile. But sorry, you just said. Anyway, it leads us to understand and respect your views on swimming and where you come from. Like, to understand, we we never had a guest say that they, they like to do a sixteen fifty breaststroke, and it helps us understand a lot more of you. So that's that's powerful stuff. Even though we laughed at you and they laughed yeah, at I, you. No, I know. Yeah, it's funny. It's it is funny. <laughs> but I mean, it's. Funny but true, you know. Yeah, it's you awesome. know my favorite. Well, my favorite part of that whole thing was is you asking if the scenario was are you shaved and tapered, as if you do multiple sixteen fifties <laughs> breaststroke throughout the season in order to qualify for said tapered sixteen fifty. Maybe it's maybe it's like the fifty where you qualify with the hundred, so you qualify with like a two breast. So you wouldn't uh, have to do a bunch of. Maybe you'd qualify with a five hundred breast. I don't know. Okay, it'd be um, interesting. It'd be an interesting concept to have like a five hundred thousand sixteen fifty of each stroke. Interesting concept. Yes, I agree with you. Also, what do you what do you think about the whole uh, you swim the hundreds qualify for the fifty thing? This one's near and dear to my heart. Oh, Brian, flip it. What, what if what, what if you swam the hundred to qualify for the two hundred? What if there was you didn't select the two hundred because it took too long, and they took the best hundred swimmers? They flipped it. How would you feel That's about that? That's a great one, Matt. Let's imagine a world <laughs> where there's only a fifty and a hundred uh, free uh, breaststroke at the Olympics, but there is a two hundred breast at Worlds. Yes. How would you feel if you got a right to swim the two hundred breast? By earning a spot in the hundred breast at trials, uh, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of people who do very good at the hundred. I mean, Nick's good at the two hundred. Josh is good at the two hundred. They both qualified in the hundred. But I feel like there's a lot of people who are good at the hundred who would just go out and die two hundred. Take the bait. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> the the backstory. Would you be right. on the team? Would you change your training to be better at the hundred so that you got on the team? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> um, I have no idea. I'm just hoping that doesn't happen. <laughs> and you see, and if that was the case, we wouldn't see Matt Fallon. We wouldn't have seen that yeah. 277. And we missed out on the opportunity for a great swimmer to get a medal at Worlds. Right, Brian? Shout out Justin Ress. Well, he qualified in the hundred free. Um, but anybody who's had success in the fifties and uh, got Michael. Michael Andrew, of course, is the example this year. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, is. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. Yeah, well, my so I uh, the reason I bring it up, Matt, is because my best event was the fifty fly, and uh, I had the fastest American time that year by a full second, including at Worlds. But I didn't get to go because I didn't. There weren't trials for those events at that time. So, um, but anyway, uh, still still in disagreement with uh, the way that the team selects uh, people to race and win the same medals that you get in the other races. I feel like, in my opinion, eventually it'll come through, but I feel like it's just not that. I feel like. Yeah, eventually it'll change so you can qualify with the 50s because I feel like they're becoming more like 
Um, they're becoming better with that, but I'm just waiting for the time where you can qualify in the 400 breaststroke. One interesting thing, we were talking about Cam McAvoy, and he was saying if they included 25s, yeah, like freestyle, the 50 freestyle would get faster. Yeah. If you think there were like 300 breaststrokes, do you think the 200 would get faster because people would get so much better at that back half? Yeah, yeah, totally. There was a if there was a 400 breaststroke, people 300 or 400 breaststroke, everybody would get so much better than 200. I feel like that's the case, just because. Um, because the thing is, I feel like people, I feel like there's like a, there's a place for people to come home, like even like a little faster than 200. I'm not saying this because I come home fast, yeah. but I feel like whenever I feel like people are talking about the 200, I feel like they're working on their back half. Like, um, like I've never, I've never heard someone say, I've never heard someone say they went out one one five and they're like, oh, I went up too slow. Yeah. Obviously, obviously it's a lot easier to stay out and stay there to like get out ahead of the field and stay there rather than to come back. But um, I don't know. That's just my opinion on it. Agree. All right. We just got a few rapid fire questions and then we'll let you go. Okay. All right. What's the hardest race in swimming? Um, 1650. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it. It's like me 10 uh, hours. <laughs> uh, either. 200 for your turner back. Olympic gold or world record? Uh, Olympic gold. DP in the pool? Uh, no comment. USA Swimming just launched their TV network. Are you watching it? Uh, isn't it on Apple TV? I don't know. I don't have Apple TV at my house. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Every no, national no, team not. should get it. Every national team should get Apple TV now. That's what I say. But, yeah. Uh, no, they should be given uh, yeah, subscription to Apple TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By USA yeah. No, you need like the you need like the you need like the unit for Apple TV. I think. <clears throat> yeah. Give it a little, yeah, a little thing. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, you need to let us know if uh, you get gifted that next year with a national team um, membership. Hey, hey! If someone someone out there hears this, I'd I'd appreciate it if you give me an Apple TV. I'll watch it. Dude, sign that NIL deal, bro. <laughs> Apple. <laughs> of course. <laughs> What's the best swim you ever saw in person? Um, well, uh, the best swim I ever saw in person. Uh, I think either Leon swims at NCAs. Oh, no. Um, fun fact, the 4 by 100 of Beijing. Uh, I was there. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. How old were you? Five. I don't remember it, but I saw it. That's but sick. you were in the building. I was in the I was in the stands. All right. Wow. Yeah. That wins. That wins. Drop down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my family went to go watch the Olympics there. And <clears> we, awesome. we were there for that session. Dude, that's epic. I don't I don't remember. The only thing I remember about the going there is at, in the water cube. I remember because I was five. They have this huge water slide going across the whole thing. Right. That's it's the biggest it's the biggest water slide I've ever seen. Um, wow. But no, I don't remember. I don't remember that race. But wow. I remember apparently um, everybody like stood up when they finished. Apparently, like my mom had to like stand me up. That's awesome. You guys send a picture. Honest, when, when you're five, when you're five, you care a lot more about uh, 
what water slides. Water slides. Do about yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I, I don't think I realized what was happening. That's so I guess, crazy. I guess, I guess that back half kind of implicitly, kind of like pushed <laughs> itself <laughs> onto me. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. Um, do you think that you'll see a sub two minute? 200 breaststroke long course in your lifetime yes when um i don't know maybe like the the late 2030s or 2040s that's soon yeah that's okay so within 20 or 30 years i get it i like it will the phillies win the nl wild card slot because let's be honest go braves they're not a can't win the division um don't know. All right. And uh, with all this breaststroke, how much social kick are you doing? Uh, more than I used to. Hell yeah. Corporate, yeah. Got a, any breaststroke kick with the kickboard is good for you. Social kick is good for you. And you see, the rumor was you couldn't, you couldn't do breaststroke social kick because you couldn't have three or four of you in the same lane. But I disagree. You can. You can. You just got to be in a square. So. <laughs> preach hey lily king told us about the narrow kick so you know yeah i like it matt thanks for hanging out super fun to chat with you and um you're fun to watch we're excited to see you keep making the progress and uh leading the pen team to some ncaa success ivy's first of course that's the big but then on to the summertime and the big pool the 50 yard plus five and a half inches pool (laughs) yeah yeah um Cool. Awesome, man. Thanks for hanging out. No problem. My pleasure being here. This is fun. All right. That's it for this episode of Social Kick. We'll see you next time. See ya. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it. And be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick. And you can find all of our content on our website,